Are you feeling unfulfilled in your career and tired of living for the weekend? Do you want to create a life and business you don't need a vacation from? I'm your host, Wendy Schultz, and this is Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Hello and welcome to the Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. And I have joining with me today, Neil Falora. And uh, he is an entrepreneur that has um, an awesome story to share. And I am so excited to have you join me today. Yay, Wendy. I'm so excited to be here. And I love the name of your podcast. My wife and I are just huge about vacation and that's built into all our dreams. So excited to talk. Yeah. And the thing um, about this is when you create a business that you love, you don't, you don't need to take a vacation from it. Now we built our business around vacation because, you know, we love vacation, but you know, you don't, you, you have a passion, which I love too. And you don't feel like you're working all the time when you probably, you kind of are working a lot when you're an entrepreneur, but it doesn't feel that way. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and your business and tell us what you're all about. Sure, absolutely. So my name is Neil Falora, and I'm otherwise known as the Brain Warrior. That's my brand of coaching. And really what I do is I help people have better relationships with themselves and the people they serve, entrepreneurs, visionaries, leaders. And the Brain Warrior brand fundamentally and the Brain Warrior method is built around rewiring the levels of mind in the body. So it, it sounds sort of brain focused, but the way I have it is, is that we store who we are and especially our emotions and and our experiences in our body as well. So if you subscribe to the levels of chakras or 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 mind in the body, that's really that's really what we're doing. And I combine that with about 10 years of life coaching. Uh, when I was on the road in the corporate world, I coached my clients and into weight loss, into new relationships, into new careers, into speaking. So I've done a sort of jack of all trades kind of approach to coaching. I've even coached some athletes and so forth. But I would say my main, my main thrust is getting people beyond um, where they're stuck in their life, their, their limiting beliefs. And for me, willpower and positive thinking aren't enough to create lasting change. You really need to do, really need to, to get alignment in your body. And that's part of what I do. That's awesome. So what were you doing before this? You said you were, were in corporate. So what were you doing in corporate? Yeah, yeah. Now it seems like it seems like a lifetime ago. But um, I was I did many different things. But the the main thing I did was is I was a entrepreneur. So I worked in an eighty thousand pharma and diagnostic company, and they allowed me to run a business within that. Where I went to dissimilar and similar businesses, and I just asked them, "What do you need at a C suite level? Often, what do you need to be successful? What are the what are your hurdles?" And if I could find something that our company had, I would then sell that business case internally. So what I used to tell people is my professional job is to turn no into yes. And so it allowed me to do marketing and project management and legal and so many different things across boundaries, across languages. And in those eight years that I traveled, what I really discovered is the way I relate to people is the way in which I now do my coaching is, is in a relationship style where I found myself coaching a lot of the people that I actually was serving in a business sense. Mm -hmm. So how did you decide that you wanted to go out on your own and be an entrepreneur? How did that all come about? Yeah. You know, I think I've always had the bug. Funny enough, my upbringing was kind of more poor dad than rich dad. And I love my father very much. He, he blasted out of abject poverty from India and came here and got a couple of doctoral degrees against all odds, right? He had no upbringing, no, no advantage. And from that, I didn't really have a, a, a mode of entrepreneurship, but what I did have was he was a maverick and he thought really differently and we solved problems very differently. We, we rebuilt things. We, molded things we remodeled all my life it was always we are the answer kind of modality and so i came to a place in my corporate career where i had i have five-year-old twins they were about one at the time but i also had some stuff going on with me spiritually and most importantly in my in my physical body as well and i just needed some time to heal and so i really just jumped out into a void uh, leaving a six-figure uh, salary and a six-figure bonus behind and 
um, with twins at home and a wife. And it was a, it was a very scary job. <laughs> did, did you have a transition plan or did you just to say, I need to sink or swim. I'm going to do this. How did you, how did you um, go from corporate to full-time into business? Well, what I credit is I think, you know, having somebody who's really supportive, a supportive spouse is really, is extremely helpful. And she valued my happiness and my well-being above and beyond, you know, which you led a very, very comfortable life, right? Mm -hmm. I did, I did have a plan of sorts. I, through networking is sort of my, my, my human real estate is my major asset in my life. And I, through helping people networking, I got introduced to a guy who was starting an IV therapeutic spa, and I'm still involved in that. And he needed somebody who understood more sort of the medical and the technology piece. And so that was sort of my initial forays that I would work on this business with him. And as you know, Wendy, <laughs> nothing ever goes like you think it will. Um, we're in our third year and we're really now starting to turn profit that was cut short by COVID, but we're rebooting. So that was the initial plan. My brother and I also had a social media app that was really geared. We're gearing into esports. All those things, I had some inklings of businesses, but all the time I really knew that coaching is my real passion. And this year is my year to just focus in on that. Last year was my year of overwhelm. So that's mm -hmm. uh, about a three, three and a half year journey. Yeah. So Talk about your year of overwhelm and how that's, <laughs> what that was like. My goodness. We've all had that year, maybe sometimes several years. <laughs> several years. <laughs> She's like, oh, she had to ask me about that. No, <laughs> no I, I, it's great. I think, I think, you know, we've heard that term, you and I both, that your, your message is in your mess, right? And so really, I have a lot of interests and I always have my whole life and what I saw available to me now it getting into the entrepreneur space is that I went from a place where hey I'm a employee and I have a job and it's kind of what Richard Kiyosaki says you know he says the moment that you you get paid by someone else that you become an employee and there's a certain mindset and there's and that's okay right but you have to decide what is for you but being a maverick and somebody who's one of my personal big values is freedom I wanted to go out in the space and create lots of things. So I had the, I was the, the Ivy business and I was basically got it up and running and you know, all the procedures and so forth. And then we had the social media app. We were on camp in campuses of three big universities and I was talking to investors and so forth, you know, on that front as well. And then my wife and I, I haven't even mentioned this. We were in a Google mastermind with, with an amazing person. And we had an e-commerce business where we were B2B selling to startup restaurants and, and, and coffee houses and so forth. And I was learning that the challenge was, is, is that I went from one place where I was overwhelmed and I duplicated that at home. I just duplicated it and I was working, of course, no, everybody knows this. I was working way more than I ever work in corporate. But what I found was, is that I hadn't changed. I might've agreed that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I wasn't aligned. I hadn't done enough deep work to understand what that alignment looked like because I was chasing what I was chasing in corporate. I was chasing a bottom line as opposed to creating a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That is so common. I think that you've got, you grew up um, or you grow up or you are in corporate and you get this um, value of working hard or that, you know, you have, you have to work hard to earn money or to climb up the ladder. But then when you find some of the um, most brilliant uh, mentors out there, it's actually, you got to just work less, work smarter <laughs> and leverage um, money, leverage yourself. It's, it's a t completely different thing, but for most of us, I think we all have to go through that experience. And I can say that overwhelm, I've even experienced it probably yesterday, you know, just in, um, you, you have to constantly um, realign yourself from that, that hard work value. I've got to work hard to, to earn the money and feel like I'm worthy of that money. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that. And I think another thing is when you're an entrepreneur and you first get out, you you can see opportunity everywhere when you're 
you all of a sudden like I can make money doing that. I can make money doing that. I can make, and and then you get yourself spread so thinly that you have to come back to center and like, okay, what do I really want to do here? And um, yeah, that's been at least my journey is I get real scattered and squirrels and all that, but what is it that I really want to do and not work yourself to the bone all the time? That's and, and social and social media amplifies all of that because all we end up seeing are the curated shots of, of mostly uh, or you know I say the evidence you seek seeks you. So I'm looking out and seeing everybody successful and I'm wondering wasn't it that easy for me not seeing the backstory and what it took to get there or that the fact that some of that is is the way in which we attract other clients by putting our best foot forward you know not having any judgment on that but it's it can be grueling and if I've learned anything in the process of getting out of overwhelm is is that there are lots of gurus Wendy and there are lots of amazing people and the more time that you spend with yourself and getting clarity, and that's the number one thing that I think I see when I do work with people, is that people just aren't really, have, don't have a sense of clarity about what it is they want and why they want it. Mm-hmm. And I was in the same boat. Absolutely. A lot of times you didn't feel like you were allowed to have what you wanted, or you know, you you were taught all these things all along, and being in corporate, you 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 don't you just kind of stopped allowing yourself to have big dreams or I was always pushed so far off into the future. That was a big someday that when you sat down and it's like, well, what do you want? I don't even know what I want anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so beautiful what you said. And what I, what I found is the other really energetic block that we all have is, is that we, we grow up with boundaries. I see this in my, in my five-year-old twins. They know how to say no. They know how to experience their emotions. You know, they know how to receive but we actually train each other out of that. I said, try giving another adult a, just a simple compliment. It's it's shunned in three phases. Like I say, S U H N. It's deflection, rejection, or qualification. Right? It's like, yeah. wow, you're an amazing business owner. Well, you know, I've been struggling a lot, and uh, th- you know, things haven't been that good. I've had some success. There's there's never an objectivity about our own our own greatness. And and you said it right. I mean, we're just kind of you ask an average person what their dream is and most people don't don't have one. And I find that really sad. I, I mean, I ask, we ask our kids every night, we ask them, what do they want to dream about? And oh. then I practice that as well. So I, I think that. super important, right? I love that. And that is so true about it. Just in, it's in the act of receiving, receiving a compliment. And, and that's something I've had to even, um, you know, someone's like, Hey, can I buy you a coffee? Yes, thank you. I received that. Not like, no, 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 no. Let me, you know, give my card out instead. Um, that has been, it's been something that I've had to work on. Like, cause you always, you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, you know, you're, you say, no, 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 I'll pay. And you have this big argument. And then the poor waitress is like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so, you know. um, that, and can they just pay the bill? <laughs> yeah. It's just somebody, but you know, you get this, like, I can't receive. A compliment or I love that yeah so that's yeah. Such a perfect example such a yeah perfect mm-hmm. so what was your first year like out of corporate and, and into your, your business you know um, part of my journey that I, I do talk about but not extensively mostly because um, I don't identify with it any as much anymore but it was it was really a, a spiritual uh, awakening, but it was also the fact that, you know, pan back about 10 years, I just had something going on in my body that I really didn't understand. And it, it put me in a place where I was in chronic fatigue and I was in bed for three, five, three to five hours a day. And I had stacks of medical tests and, and you know, doctors that I had been to. And at the end of the day, what I really found out is, is that it was, it was, you know, my body hanging on to all those things from, from my own sets of experiences, my own traumas and so forth. And so that first year I got out and I did, I did a, a Ted like couple Ted like talks here. We have a local version of it called walk the talk where it raises consciousness. And now I'm on their nonprofit board, but I had to really, what I call rewire myself. I had to train my body to be calm, to, to get back to normal, to, to, 
get back to a state of health. And so I was very, I'm very aggressive in my goals and so forth. And my wife will tell always on me that I'm so hard on myself because I had a lot of PR and things going, but I wouldn't acknowledge it. My first year was like, I needed to take the old version of me and start to start to let that old version of me die and grieve that so that I could come out on the other side. And I think that's one of the big challenges, even in, in our in our world today is that Wendy, what, if you, I look around and you say, where's my example of how to grieve and to how to move through grief, who around me provides me an example of that? There's no one really for any of us. Right. And when we transition in out of, corporate and into entrepreneur, there's a big death that needs to happen about who we were and what we put our pride in and what, where our gold stars come from and all of those things. And if you're not able to fully transition that and move over, um, you find your business to be really turbulent a lot. That's so huge. I do remember um, you know, that the gold stars thing in particular, I loved, you know, the ego loves to get all these compliments from the boss and everything. And, um, you, you did get more, well, at least I had a lot of accolades, which I, you know, just ate up. And then when you go into your own business, you, you don't get those <laughs> not too easily. I mean, you might get a few here and there or their sales was like, ah, but it is, it is, um, a different, it's a journey of, of giving that to yourself, which I, um, it, it's, it's definitely a big self-discovery journey and I remember those that first year and everyone is asking maybe they did to you too how's your business going how's your business going how's your business going and you're like oh you know I got out of bed yesterday and I got dressed so that was cool <laughs> you know but and you know in the beginning it takes a while <laughs> and as business people we always want to lead the question with some amount of imposter syndrome because we might have a lot we generally most of us have lots of successes if we've been at it for a while but we our brain always wants to lead with well yeah but right yeah. my business is going i've had did this and this and i had some great sales yeah but i'm also facing these things and that's sort of the unfortunate part about and why we need relationships with other entrepreneurs and coaches and so forth to remind us that we're, our situation is not as dire as we're making it out to be. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And you do have, you need to have that support group because the, the people that are, have never started a business just, just typically don't get it and no fault to them. It's just that it's a different, it, it's, um, it's a, it's a different journey and it's a scary journey, but one where you have to rediscover how you're going to get your your gold stars and you know how you're going to put food on the table for next week and yeah. it's it's completely different and um i remember those those entrepreneur friends that i had you know my network at that time in the very beginning was small until the more and more that i was able to put myself out there and attend events and go to networking um things that you start to build that network of support and there's no better support than other entrepreneurs, I would say. You're so right. And I, I'm wondering if you experienced this too. Um, it was in that book. My wife read that. Um, you're such a badass. Yeah, you are a badass. You are a badass. Thank you. Thank you. I knew I was misstating the title. The vibrational shift that you make in your own life. And what started to happen is, is that a lot of the relationships that I once had, start to really move away and you can take that really personally. And so here you are <laughs> in this nomadic kind of thing that is entrepreneurism, right? Where you have to be your own hero. And somebody asked me five or six years ago, who's your hero? I said, me. And then I saw a video with Matthew McConaughey that talked about not only that, but then like in five years and 10 years, right? Cause that's how you really have to see it as an entrepreneur. But then layered on top of that is like, where did my friends go and why are they, do they seem, a lot of them seem to go away and, and you really said it more eloquently earlier. It's just like, Hey, they don't, 
you're, they don't see the world the same as you do anymore. You're not seeing things. And so you come to them about all these things that you're doing on your own. And it's just not a vibrational match for whatsoever for their world. And I remember like, I would talk to some of my friends and I'm like, Hey, I got a new client and I'm putting up a website and they would just go, uh-huh. And then they would just launch into something else. And I would get, an, I would get kind of PO'd. I'd be just like, what the hell? I'm telling you about my wins and you're not just even in acknowledging it that right. But then I became to understand that's just not that this not, they don't get it. They just yeah. don't get it. Yeah. And that I did learn what, com, you know, what conversations I had with entrepreneur friends and what conversations I had with, with friends that are in corporate and we just didn't talk the same, same things. And it was actually kind of refreshing to have some friends that I didn't talk business with too, you know, to, like okay i can put that aside because you know sometimes it's a little all-consuming so <laughs> it was good to have those friends too yes yes good good point good yeah. point what what would you tell your younger self when you you know maybe maybe you just a few years ago when you were starting out action trumps inspiration period just just get into action don't figure it out don't wonder just do anything that is somewhat in the direction of whatever is you come even if it's the wrong thing do that so there's just so much analysis paralysis so much information out there that we we become stuck in our own thinking and and yeah that would be my first and foremost message my second is is stay the hell off of social media after you post stuff <laughs> stay off of it spend time creating spend time in relationship with yourself and don't look at a, you know, sure. I have a few people that I really look up to or that I follow or that are inspiration, but beyond that, um, stay off of it, you know, reply to your DMS and do whatever and stay off of it. Don't feed the trolls. That's what I always say. Don't feed the trolls because there are going to be people like that out there who are going to, just because that's what they do. They, that's their entertainment is to try to tear people down and you can't you know, block, <laughs> ignore, do whatever, but don't, don't get into a defensive mode. And you know, that's, that is one of the things that is hard to do, especially because you forget the other 99 people that said good things. You remember the one that didn't. And, and there's even in our business with, um, you know, we do, we do vacation rentals and we would have someone, I would post something and have a rate on there and I'd get all these laughing emojis and people would comment like, what you smoking? You know, I want what she's having and you're, you know, you're crazy and all this stuff. And then it would book five minutes later, you know, cause someone thought it was the best deal ever. And you just really have to focus on the the people that you're there to serve and not worry about everybody because they're not going to you're not going to serve everybody you're not for everybody and yeah it's such a good point and i think you you made another such such a great point that i knew in my sales job but my old sales manager you know which i completely reformatted that team and how we were as a team and even that department uh, and and while he, he was maybe not best in his delivery and style, he did teach me a lot about sales. He was, he was good at that. And he, he often said to me, he's like, you know, just don't, don't just, don't just give a discount to give a discount. He's like, make, make price the last piece of value that you actually add to your customer's e equation. And one of the things that I discovered along the way is, is that, charging for what you're worth and putting a premium price to the things that you do attracts more of who you actually want to deal with. And right. that's another continuous process in, in entrepreneurship. I think a lot, there needs to be a lot more said about that uh, because we have extremes. I, I understand that somebody and no offense, somebody who's, you know, picked up who was, you know, maybe in a completely different career and day one out of the gate, they, you know, are now a coach and, and they're charging an exuberant amount. You've got to be able to deliver what you're, mm -hmm. but the imposter syndrome is always overshadowing us so much more, but to, to actually just 
know your worth and to stand by that in a way in which you're not racing after sales, but you're attracting people into your value. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And I've oh, got a kitty. <laughs> I did. I had to lock my four out of the room. <laughs> Most you in here, I usually throw them out of the room. <laughs> I love it. This is this is like COVID world. Everybody, you know, the weatherman's got dogs running in the background. It's just, I love it. It's just, yeah. it's, it's life, right? It's just our lives, and I love it. I, I, do, I do some stuff here with the Noakland Network here and there. I really like one of the, the hosts. Her name is Amber, and she's got little kids. And we were doing one segment, and I saw our little girl run through as we're <laughs> on TV. It's like, Awesome. It is what I know. It, that's it's really been it's leveled the playing field. Like everybody is in the same boat, you know. <laughs> Everyone's got kids running around, and you know I'm in my daughter's bedroom, and it's just you know it's all crazy. <laughs> I it, it, it really has taken the makeup on everything. My twins are actually in the next room, and uh, they're in a little bit of a timeout situation today, which is why generally I have to like let them know I'm like. Dad is going to be on a podcast right now. You guys got to be quiet because this is great to have this room to do this and yeah. kind of make it mine, my studio. But I also have two very energetic five-year-olds on the other side of the wall. If there's <laughs> happen to be, it happens to be their quiet time. But I think that's exactly what is um, helping people become more connected in a way because of seeing yes. the humanness, yeah. you know? <laughs> yes. Yes, Wendy. I, yeah. Seeing, um, seeing the dogs and the kids and the everything, it's like, yeah, we're all human and we all have a house and we all live. <laughs> you know, uh, you know we're all the same. I'll, I'll just, I'll just take it that you're giving my segue. So one of my huge passions and what I do, why I do what I do, is, is that I want to completely dispel this bullshit mythology that we pass down to one another about what it means to be an adult because we get. We were told to dream, 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 and then we get into adulthood, which is the opposite of entrepreneurism, and it's all about safety, and it's emotional constipation, and it's lone wolf syndrome, and it's I'm, I'm suffering and nobody else is, and I'm under the weight of everybody's success, but I can't let anybody know that I'm suffering, and I... I, I just enough is enough. And that's, you know, not to put a plug here, but you know, one of the reasons I started the, the mentor mind that I have is, is expressly because of that purpose. I'm just like, I want a space where other entrepreneurs and leaders can come and we just let all the richness of all the chaos just hang out and, and put people in hot seats and say, okay, after we warm each other up and we decide to be vulnerable, what is, what's getting in your way personally or professionally? Cause those are, mirror images of one another but in the adult world there's just no there's not space for that tribally we don't we don't allow that we're rewarded for doing it all on our own and i want i want more and more collaborations they're coming up for me and and i want to i would rather have 20 percent or 50 percent of something that's working well that i don't have to have all the responsibility on that's an income stream than have a hundred percent but you, you and I both know when you're doing things 100% that it's just all you. It's, yeah. And it can be very challenging to yeah. always be working that way. For sure. And I think we get this feeling like we have to look like we have it all together. And that's the pressure on, as an entrepreneur, as a parent. There's a lot of you know, pressure that I've got to keep. I got to keep it all together. But I'll tell you, who do I get drawn to or the people who don't you know show that okay okay I see uh, you know what you're just like me because you know your cat walks around the back of the tier of the screen you know <laughs> that's that's when I'm like oh they're my people you know <laughs> oh yeah I'm I'm as transparent as as and I won't say the expletive because I don't know if you want me to say that on your podcast but <laughs> I'm transparent I dare you, you you see every bit of me yes same here, same here. I'm, um, I love it. That's, I'm like, I, I, I'm always drawn to people that are real and yes. yeah, yes. put it all out there. I love Absolutely it. I love that about you, Wendy. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So what would you do if you, if, differently if you had to start over or what would you, what would you change? Uh, like uh, what part? So, you know, I went through college and I, I started out in biology and science and, you know, it's kind of funny because I came from 
that side. And now what I do by the standards of, of medicine and things that I, where I was, uh, is so woo woo, yeah. you know, cause I'm into energetic practices and, uh, you know, I, I've seen the results of those. So I would say, you know, I, I would definitely probably go through college with probably a business, um, business degree instead of biology degree. And I probably have a minor in both theater and music because I'm, yeah. you know, I've got guitars hanging on my wall and I love to sing and I, and it's still on my bucket list to find my 15 minutes of fame on some movie or show. And I know it's going to happen. I'm working on it every day, you know, bit awesome. by bit, someday it'll happen. And so um, I would, I would definitely do that. And I would definitely come out of college just, just working on my own business rather than in being in a, in, in a job. That's not any sense of remorse. It's just like, Hey, if I had to do it over, I would do that. Um, but I fully respect the fact that I am where I am and I am who I am because these are the experiences I chose. So, um, help mold you too into where you are today. And you know, even having someone who taught you sales, that that was a good thing too. So those are great experiences to, to help mold you too, which is awesome. Huge, huge. Yeah. 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 So, so, and you know, nobody wants to live a life of regrets and I certainly, I certainly don't. Um, but I always say just choose the version of truth that empowers you. There's, there's very few capital truths. The rest of them are just, as I say to clients, it doesn't matter what's, true it only really is what you're trying to prove right yeah are you trying to prove that you're a mess and that you can't make money or are you trying to prove that you're abundant and that you have great relationships and that you can make money yeah you know that i love that because i um i'm a, I, I like to think lack and scarcity that's been my mo for a long time and i'm every day working on <laughs> moving over to the other side um but it is. It's not something that is is one thing. You work on it one day and you're done. It's 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 kind of how it was wired. Oh yes, what a great word, wired. Yeah, and we we uh, we osmose so much of that. Think about it. For the first seven years of your life, as a child, you're in a state of literal hypnosis. You're in a theta brainwave state, right? I think yeah. the Romans of the until seven and all. All right, we lost connection there for a moment. So being real here, we lost connections. We're gonna to try to pick up where we left off. And I was talking about how I was kind of wired to be in a lack and scarcity mindset and how I've been trying to um, every day to go back to the other pole. So you started to talk about the wiring that we have when we're little and why don't you um, talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, one of my favorite things to talk about. So you said the word hardwired, which is a, definite platform for me to talk about what I love to talk about, which is the fact that we are born into the state of hypnosis. People say kids absorb so easily. Well, there's a good reason for that. Our brain is literally in theta brainwave state where we hypnotically pick up everything, whether it's how you feel about things, how you deal with problems, how you react to things. There's a ancient, I believe it was Roman culture said, show me the boy up until seven and I'll, prove to you the man that he will become. And so they knew about this fact way back then. And that is sometimes becomes the challenge for us as adults, because we like to blame all of the things that happened as a result of our actions deeply within us. We take them very personally and we have a lot of trauma around that. And people say, well, you just need to use willpower, right, Wendy? You just need to positive thinking, say your mantras, but it's more than that, my friends. It's the fact that we have programming that is hardwired by the time you're 30, 98% of how you're going to react in any situation is already hardwired in your subconscious. So <laughs> I hate to base burst the listeners bubbles out there, but we think we're free willed people, but we're really not. I like to use the example of the smartphone which everybody has these days usually, there are all those apps that are running in the background. Well, 
unlike our smartphone, these subconscious conversations just can't be swiped closed. We, as entrepreneurs, one of our biggest hurdles that we get to deal with is can we get a space, and that's why coaching and having other entrepreneurs and people who provide you objectivity, can you get aware of what those conversations are and start to reformat them or start to become aware of them in such a way that when they creep up, that you can start making another choice or making another emotional association or making another um, mental association about what it is you want in your life so you can overcome all of that programming. That is no small feat. And no. that's what I do. <laughs> that's awesome because you do need to have that accountability partner, if you will, of someone who's going to be like, oh, there's your pattern. Oh, there's your pattern again. Because they do, they creep up. And even if, if, if I find that if there's anything that is like something that puts any kind of stressful situation, any fearful situation, that you just run the pattern. There it goes. <laughs> you know, it's just like you forget all the work you've done and just go right to it. And um, it's helpful to have a coach to help you unravel it first of all, but then you know, rebuild it and then be able to call you out when you're, when you see it happening too, because you don't, you're so close to it. You don't see it. Yes. Yes. My, my analogy is if you're a fish in water, how do you know that you're in water? Right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's so true. And I, um, I really like the concept of hypnosis because I haven't heard it in that way before that really you're just, absorbing it all it's like a little sponge you know taking in everything that's around you and um you know however whatever environment i do think um i don't know some there's some something that seems to be wired into you even just in a personality perspective like i have two children and they're very different personalities one is the easygoing one one's a little bit more um uh, you know high strong I, I call her so there's a little bit of that. And I wonder if that's how you, you know, as you perceive the world and even in those first seven years or so that if you're, if you kind of have this personality, you see it all lack, all things to be upset about. And you see this one is like, everything's great. And it's just interesting. I wonder, I've never thought about it in that way before. So just think. Yeah. I, I do think we become, we come with certain predispositions to how we, see the world and absorb information and so forth. But I think there's way too much emphasis on the fact that our personalities are this concrete, immovable object that is forever sort of beholden, as opposed to really what I believe is that you create your personal reality and over time that becomes your personality. And you can change that. You can change your personal reality. It's an, think about it. It's like you're, own immersive experience that you're providing for yourself right because in the way in which your biases are and so like you said working with a coach having accountability partners it's really at the end of the day it's an awareness process and is it just what's happening now here with with black Lives matters you know people have they're starting to understand their unconscious biases, right? Even I was started thinking about my own and those conversations led me to other unconscious biases that didn't have anything to do with that. I'm like, wow, I really am biased in this way and didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's a process of awareness and you can only really do that through the reflective nature of hum a human relationship. <laughs> no matter how much you try, no matter how much tequila you have, it's not gonna work. <laughs> Yeah. I was really surprised at how much mindset is part of business. I, I, you know, I thought I've got a business degree, I've got a master's strategy. I know that stuff, but a lot of it is the mindset and, and being able to push through a lot of those fears and things. Um, and that's, and those things that you, you grew up with too, and, and, and rewiring your brain to, push through some of that, that fear, anxiety, doubt, worry, that kind of stuff. And, um, having, having someone that can help you through that is, is really important. I mean, look, uh, 90, 70% you know, of people who win the lottery go bankrupt. 78% of people who after five years of, of leaving the NFL go into financial distress, you know, it, it, all of these things, uh, 
And then let's on the other end, um, some of the people that I've coached, they have sort of, and, and no judgment, narcissistically found a place where they could generate money. But when you, when your mindset isn't right and you go from a place where you don't have anything to where you have generated wealth, but you've done it all from scarcity and fear, then these people all get to a place where it's never enough and their fear of loss is 10 times greater than when they had nothing. And then the rest, and then that floods out to the rest of their lives. So yes, yeah. it is, it is all mindset. It's not to say that you can just have mindset and then take no action. But my belief is, is that why we're so much in FOMO and why we hop from program to program to program. And there are a lot of great programs out there that you should pay money for, but we never, we never have clarity about really what it is that we want and, and why we want it. And so or have a good relationship with ourselves in a way that we say, okay, I'm going to buy into this product or this funnel or, or Wendy is my coach because I have vacation rentals, right? Um, instead of always being distracted by the bright, shiny object and they look bright and shiny because um, we're in decision fatigue. We're in decision overload. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about the having that money and, and just the, the feeling and the fear of loss. And I used to, um, describe it as kind of, have you ever played craps in Vegas? And I remember, well, I'll go up to the table and I'll put, you know, I'll put my $5 on, you know, the pass line and then I'll get a little braver and I'll put like $5 behind, you know, on the odds. And then, then I'll start putting it out in the table. And then soon before I know it, I've got like a hundred dollars out on the table. And then that, you know, someone rolls a seven and just like swipes it all away. And that's where it kind of felt like as I, um, you know, I grew our, we grew our business and you, you start making money. You have to adjust to that too. You have to adjust to having money because you have this fear of it just getting swiped away with a roll of a seven, you know, it's just, um, it's something that you, as you grow the risk, there's also risk and, and loss in that. And you have to, you have to adjust your mindset at whatever le level you are. I, 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 it's so true. And I heard an entrepreneur who was interviewed one time and he really came from nothing. He lived in a storage shed with his father and he now at a place and he lost a million dollars, a million dollars. And um, somebody was talking to him and he said, and they said, wow, how does it feel to lose a million dollars? He goes, it feels amazing. He goes, I never thought I'd have a million dollars to lose. Wow. And I was like, that is a badass answer. I was like, that is, that is somebody cut out of my cloth. I'm like, wow, what a way to look at it. And he was serious. You could tell he just embodied it. He goes, yeah. never in my wildest dreams that I think I would have a million dollars to lose. Yeah. And he, he's probably someone who's like, thank God. I mean, I had a million dollars. I know I can do it again. Right. <laughs> so right. It's a different perspective of. Hey, I had a million dollars. That's amazing. So yes, yeah, yes. It was, that was that. That was the total energy. You know, they asked it all like kind of somber, kind of like you know, give us the 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 tale of woe or or how this is really negatively affecting you. And he just he flipped it, man. His energy was just right on point, and he just not even miss a beat. I, and I, I think about that often and about my own come from when I'm thinking about what I want, what my financial goals are. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, someone who's willing to risk things too, to, I guess, have the ability to make a million and have ability to lose a million and still be positive. It's got to take some risk taking in that. Yes. I'm willing to, to put yourself out there. Yes. What are your favorite, um, like your favorite mentors or, and resources, books? What kinds of things do you follow? Podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I have, I have so, so many. Um, what I can mention is some of the things that I feel like really um, affected me. And one that stands out particular is a great one. And I'm going to go back and I just had, um, I have a coaching client. And she started out more sort of mindset. And then we're now we're doing sales coaching and uh, which I'm really enjoying. Um, that's something that I'm, I, I'm opening myself up to more and more. And she want she was reading um, the, the think and grow rich, you know, which is a, a staple. Right. And, and the challenge, I love that book, but the challenge is for, 
for a lot of us who are really creative or really cerebral people is that we want to get into all to the nuts and bolts of it. But at the end of the day, all we're trying to do for our customers and all we're trying to do for ourselves is create an experience. So I routed her to one of my favorite books is by a, an author by the name of Pam Grout. I don't know if you ever heard of her, but no. she, she's a travel writer. She's wrote about 17 books. She's had some books published through Hay House. So she's, she's done pretty well. And, um, you can hear my trash being picked up in the background. <laughs> Just keeping it real. <laughs> and uh, she wrote a book called E cubed. She had one called E like the letter E squared, but okay. E cubed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I've, I've read E squared. Now, now the name's connecting. Yeah. E cubed is so one I like this, my favorite one, but she just goes out into real life and takes these experiments of, okay, how am I going to have a mentality to, to manifest where is my evidence coming from let me do the real life experiments and 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 she writes kind of like a little bit like I, how i like to speak you know it's kind of satirical and brings up you know pop culture into a little bit and so yeah that is definitely one of my one of my favorite uh go-tos in terms of imbibing me the course in miracles is another one that i refer refer back to uh, not a lot of people like necessarily like always like Gary V and his delivery mm -hmm. and how he says things. But I will say, um, you know, take apart the fact that he's always on the road and he's probably, you know, not as, as home with his family as much as he'd like to say, but he is an amazing, amazing truth teller when it comes to getting your thinking straight and your business straight. I mean, he just says it like it, like it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, Seth Godin for marketing, you know, that's probably a, a popular one that everybody have. But I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a curveball for all your entrepreneurs out there is um, one of the things I've turned a lot of people onto that they've never read. It's Bruce Lipton's The Biology of Belief. Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, it's, a, it's it, in, in those circles where we start to talk about um, how, and he's a scientist by nature, by the way. But it's not a book about science. It's, it's really a book about how does our belief, how do our beliefs get stored in our body, and getting a greater awareness of that. So if you're an entrepreneur, and I, and you are, and I am, but any entrepreneur out there listening, my suggestion is to you is you find some books that are outside your natural disciplines that deal with mindset, strategy, and belief, things that you normally wouldn't read, maybe that are a little woo woo for you or whatever else and pick up one of those. I've had a lot of people have a lot of great feedback on that book and it just opened their eyes to the idea of mindset in a way they never really thought about before. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I got to share this story about E squared because I took that book and I did the experiments, you know, and um, just to everyone else who's not read that before, they, she just breaks it down into little experiments, like just to kind of build your belief in, in the universe manifestation. I actually have, I haven't pulled out that book in a while. I probably should, but I remember one, like the first one or one of the first ones is to ask for a gift within 24 hours. And so I did, and I got uh, a phone call. I, I had a retail store at the time and I wanted to buy the space next to me. I wanted to expand my store into the space next to me. And I got a phone call from the landlord of that space who I had first a right of refusal. And he said to me, he's like, we've got an offer on that, that property. Do you want it? It's going to be, you know, you're going to pay this much and it, you have to let me know within 24 hours. Well, I couldn't do that at the time. And so I'm like, well, what kind of gift, you know, I'm like, well, thanks a lot. You know, what kind of gift is that? Well, wouldn't you know a um, less than a year later, I ended up selling my store because I didn't want to do that anymore. So I think it was a gift in that I didn't, I would have had to sell that space too. And I didn't have the, you know, I, to try to build the store and everything. It didn't end up being what I wanted it anyway, but at the time it didn't feel like a gift. And I thought that was the strangest manifestation of this gift I was supposed to get. And here it really was a gift. It was really neat. So I, I love wow. that book. And another one I was, um, you know, I think it says to look for certain things. And I, I said, I want to see two eagles. And I was driving back and forth. Um, I, at the time, I worked about an hour and 15 minutes away from the store where I 
where um, or I lived about 15, or 15 minutes away from our store. And I was driving back and forth, driving back and forth, looking in the sky for eagles. And one day I was driving and there's, there were these two statues of eagles in this one driveway that, that was their, they had these statues. I'm like, they're my eagles. It was really cool. So anyway, it's a fun book. It's fun. It's really fun. Yes. And I think the major, the major thrust is, is that, that which does not uniquely or easily line up with our, with our experiences, what we normally expect to discover is soon forgotten by the brain. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's how our, our, our successes are so easily forgotten when we're down in the dumps. And so she gives you an opportunity just to, to create experiences and then to actually physically write them down so you can go back to them. And that's one of my secrets for, for my clients is to really heavily focus on a success journal and to keep writing it and adding to it and reading it every day. Cause we want to build a new positive bias away from the biologically negative one. And she does such a great job. I remember um, beach balls. And I was like, where the hell am I going to see a beach ball? And, in, and, and 72 hours, I ended up seeing three. Really? Wow. Yes. <laughs> just like it was the middle of winter. And I'm like, where am I going to see a beach ball? Yeah. Right? And I was reading my kid's story and there was a beach ball. And then we went to somewhere in some, some market somewhere. And randomly there was a beach ball there, like in the toy section, just like out of place almost. And I just like, I was like, this wow. is un- yeah that's that's so awesome that's awesome well, I've had so much fun in this conversation we had such great great topics to talk about and I so appreciate you being on here how can people find you yes thank you I, I as well so my Instagram handle is the brain warrior or you can email me at neil n-e-a-l at the brain those are two easy ways to find me awesome awesome Well, thank you so much, Neil. It's been such a pleasure and um, just really appreciate you being on today. Well, thank you. This is fun. This was a blast. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to the Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. And if you're ready to create a life and business that you don't need a vacation from, be sure to reach out to me at facebook.com forward slash your permanent vacation. And also be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes. Have a great day. Take care now. Bye.